Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Episode 2, Season 2 of the Universal Freemason Podcast. I am your host, J.T. Asher. We are the Universal Freemason Research Society, which is a nonprofit educational organization created to teach Masonic philosophies to the masses as a means to improve society as we individually improve ourselves. The Tyler has been dismissed, and this podcast is open to everybody looking to learn about Freemasonry. There are no secrets here. (laughs) Okay, everyone, uh, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Uh, We're going to delve into, as promised, chapter one of Albert Pike's Morals and Dogma in just a few minutes. I'm excited to get going. Uh, Today, uh, as I uh, record this, today is Super Bowl Sunday in the United States. It's sort of like a holiday. I have uh, chicken wings marinating uh, I'm going to do one marinated and, and one version of just a dry rub, and uh, I'd like to put that in, actually I use an air fryer on those, and it seemed to work pretty pretty good, so I'm excited to eat those here in uh, just a few hours. Uh, of course, there's uh, the adult beverages and the guacamole as well, and, uh, and chips, so uh, me and my wife always uh, enjoy watching the game. She's not a huge football fan, but it uh, doesn't mean that I can't be. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, we enjoy ourselves. We have a good time. She looks forward to the wing. She calls it wing day. So, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, 2020 didn't end exceptionally well for us. We, uh, hope that, um, you all slid into 2021, uh, unscathed. We had a little bit of a health scare here and where my wife was in the hospital for four days and having a bad reaction to some blood thinners that she was put on. So we made it out, and she seems to be getting stronger and better every day. Uh, so we're happy to uh, meet February anyway, uh, ready to go. Uh, in the meantime, I've fallen behind on keeping up with our, with our website, which is universalfreemasonpodcast.blogspot.com. I promise in just a little while I'll have that site updated again. Uh, it'll probably be into this next week. Uh, tonight's for fun, so I'm not going to do too much once I get done with the podcast here. Um, all right, so as I mentioned, today we will begin. This is going to be a three-part series, maybe four on the highlights of chapter one of Albert Pike's Morals and Dogma. Are you excited? <laughs> I I actually am. As I mentioned in the past, I've done a lot of writing and uh, researching of morals and dogma. It seems it means a lot to me. In the beginning, when I first learned of Albert Pike, the only thing that I heard was the negatives Things that people actually even made up, I mean, accusations of, it seems like this is kind of a recurring theme with people who accuse Freemasons of uh, satanic worship. And 
things like that. And the big word that they love to use is Luciferianism. And I know when I see that, that people are very well informed about what Freemasons are or who Albert Pike was. So when I first started on my journey, I I wanted to know what Albert Pike was about. I, I began reading Morals and Dogma as a before I even became a Freemason, as part of my study, I never get into anything unless I study first and find out what things are about. So I began to study for Albert Pike, and I began to look into morals and dogma. I was quite blown away with it, especially considering the era in which it was written. And it seems like there was a certain theme which we'll get into here in just a minute, when things were written in that era regarding society. And it's very interesting to me. All right, so anyway, let's have a word from our sponsor, Anchor Podcast App. This is the Universal Freemason Podcast. I'll be right back. And just like that, I am back. And I thank you for listening and making our quaint little podcast here worthwhile for us to do. About 2,800 plays since uh, March of 2020. So much appreciated. Thank you for taking uh, the time to be here with me. Now, as I mentioned in our last episode... There are many Freemasons, or people in general, really, who have not read Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike. Now, some Freemasons don't even know who Pike was. Uh, Some don't like Albert Pike at all and refuse to acknowledge any of Pike's works or his existence. But now I think it's important to study morals and dogma as it is in this book where Pike did set the tone for modern-day Freemasonry. In chapter 1, Pike lines out the first degree of Freemasonry, what the symbolism means, where the symbolism originated, and why it is important to learn the symbolism. Pike covers all of that. Now, let's start the tone in which morals and dogma begins. We're about, let's start about six paragraphs in. This is within chapter one, and chapter one is called The Entered Apprentice. As I mentioned, chapter one covers the first degree of Freemasonry. Every chapter is the degree that Pike is covering. So chapter one is the first or entered apprentice degree, chapter two would be the fellow craft, and chapter three is going to be master mason, chapter four, secret master, so forth and so on, okay? So chapter one is entered apprentice. Here's the tone which we're going to start. We're about six paragraphs in. Pike writes this. And remember, this is going to reflect, I think, society as it is today, too, because really people and humanity really doesn't change too much, okay? We're all, we all have this certain set of circumstances we find ourselves in, 
And it doesn't seem like as a whole humanity changes. But let, let's, let's go on this. Pike writes, There are immense forces in the great caverns of evil beneath society. In the hideous degradation, squalor, wretchedness, and destitution, vices and crimes that reek and simmer in the darkness, in that populace below the people of great cities. There, disinterestedness, that's a hard word to say, vanishes, everyone howls, searches, gropes, and gnaws for himself. Ideas are ignored, and of progress there is no thought. This populace has two mothers, both of them stepmothers. Their names are ignorance and misery. Want is their only guide, for the appetite alone they crave satisfaction. Yet even these may be employed. The lowly sand we trample upon, cast into the furnace, melted, purified by fire, may become replendent crystal. They have the brute force of the hammer, but their blows help on the great cause when struck within the lines traced by the rule held by wisdom and discretion. Wow. Now, wow. That seems like sort of a dark view of society, but he does give some hope that once everyone is purified by the fire, everyone is cast into the furnace, and fire is the, a good symbolism of purification. Once we are purified, we can become this replendent crystal, everybody. Let's think about this tune. And when I what shaped this view when Pike published Morals and Dogma in 1871. Now, certainly he was writing this two years or thereabouts before. So, also, there was another publication, another book published around about that same time uh, by Marx and Engels called The Communist Manifesto. The common factor of both books and all three views of the three people that wrote these two books uh, was the industrialization of society uh, that began in the 1800s. So all of a sudden we're, we've left our farmland. We've got these great big cities now, or emerging cities. Uh, Pike was born in, in Boston, lived in Boston as he grew up. So now he's seeing these other cities rise up, you know, Boston being pretty small uh, at, at the time he was born. Now we're industrializing they're getting probably away from mostly fishing. Now we've got these factories. And now we're starting to see classes develop within society. You know, uh, Marx and Engels designated classes into the bourgeois and the uh, proletariat. proletariat. 
Uh, and Pike's kind of seeing the same thing. He's seeing this, and this is well, he's going to use some uh, terms that regarding steam and things like that. We're going to talk about in a minute. But Pike's using what he's now seeing in industrialization to uh, help us to visualize thought processes and what thought is. Okay. So in in Pike's view, to begin morals and dogma, he likened unbridled thought to things like gunpowder and steam in machinery or weaponry to uh, show that steam and things like that that are regulated can do great things, just as thought regulated can do great things. Uh, But if it's not regulated, the power of steam, the power of gunpowder dissipates. So let's read that portion what Pike's going to tell us about this. We're going to continue on. This is actually before the paragraph I just read. So let's let's go back and let's talk about force. And Pike says this, Force, unregulated or ill-regulated, is not only wasted in the void, like that of gunpowder burned in the open air and steam unconfined by silence, but striking in the dark, and its blows meeting only the air, they recoil and bruise itself. It is destruction and ruin. It is the volcano, the earthquake, the cyclone, not growth and progress. It is polyphemous, blinded, striking at random, and falling headlong among the sharp rocks by the impetus of his own blows. Polyphemus was a cyclops uh, character in Greek mythology. Continuing on, the blind force of the people is a force that must be economized and also managed. As the blind force of steam lifting the ponderous iron arms and turning the large wheels is made to bore and rifle the cannon and to weave the most delicate lace, it must be regulated by intellect. Intellect is to the people and the people's force what the slender needle of the compass is to the ship, its soul, always counseling the huge mass of wood and iron and always pointing to the north. To attack the citadels built up on all sides against the human race by superstitions, despotisms, and prejudices. Wow. Now, as I say, it's interesting to me uh, that Pike begins his study of the Entered Apprentice Degree of Freemasonry by mentioning and pontificating upon the subject of regulating force and refining thought. So if we changed just the word force to thought, and we will uh, go down that road a little bit later where Pike does talk about thought being a force itself. We're not going to get into that in this episode today, but that's coming next episode. I did mention it in episode two of season one, too, if you want to go listen to that. But it's interesting that Pike begins the study into Enter Apprentice by, we're talking about thought. Now, 
In my view, this is the task of the first degree, where the initiated mason begins their journey into the craft. And when we begin that journey, it's essential that we unlearn some bad thought habits, in my view. Because these bad thought habits uh, certainly obscure the complete vision of the first degree and beyond uh, in other degrees, uh, what they attempt to show us. So we don't want to have this obscured vision. Sometimes we have to change our thoughts. We have to uh, open our minds some to what Freemasonry is trying to teach us. Now, when we begin our Masonic journey, in many cases, we do need to undo some very selfish behaviors. We begin to realize the we instead of just the me. And we need to start on a path of realization that every action has an effect on society as a whole. Every one of our actions. Thought and action well regulated for the greater good is what the inner apprentice degree is trying to show us, especially in the very beginning. Now, Pike goes on to write this. This is chapter one still, obviously. Pike says, when all these forces are combined and guided by the intellect and regulated by the rule of right and justice and of combined and systematic movement and effort, the great revolution prepared for by the ages will begin to march. The power of the deity himself is an equilibrium equilibrium with his wisdom. Hence, the only results are harmony. (laughs) Amazing. So, what, what Pike's saying here, when thought and action are well regulated by what is right and by what is just, then the power of the deity is an equilibrium equilibrium with wisdom. And Pike writes that when this happens, when 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 the the uh, right and justice are in equilibrium with wisdom, the only results are harmony. So right plus justice. Equal and plus wisdom equals harmony. <laughs> Pretty interesting. It's something to ponder. So we know that harmony does not just happen. It takes work and it takes effort to have harmony in any organization, in any marriage, in any relationship at all. It takes work to be harmonious with each other. Uh, And where harmony is is where no one person's will is forced on any other person. We all agree to move in a direction because a vision is well communicated and everyone decides together to move in that direction. And we want to materialize the vision that was set forth. Now think about where you work. Think about your own relationships. You know, think about your lodge and think about Freemasonry as a whole. Uh, in any of these where there is not harmony, I believe that we can find that something was not well regulated or communicated properly. 
there was some unwillingness somewhere along the line to either see the vision or the vision was not agreed upon to begin with to get the goals that were set in anything, in any relationship, anything. Now, when any one of us begin a journey, it's really important, you know, to know where we come from, where we're going to start, and it's really important to know where we're going, <laughs> unless you're in some nomadic tribe. But even even so, you're going to have some kind of goal of some destination. Even if you're a nomad, you got to eat and you have to drink water. So you're going to have to have some kind of plan to get food and water. So there's got to be a where am I coming from, where am I going? And if you're in a position of leadership, it's your it's your goal, it is your duty to make sure that you are communicating that often. And you have to make sure that everyone's in agreement with your vision, too. You know, you can't just force it on people. You can't force it on uh, your marriage partner. You can't force it upon any relationship. You can't force it upon your lodge. It has to be an agreement. Everyone has to agree where you're going, and that's where harmony is. That's where Pike is talking about this harmonious thing. It takes work, though. And uh, so... Are we communicating that very well with our entered apprentice, where, what the vision is, where the journey is going to lead to? You know, do we make this clear in our lodges? Is this just the beginning journey to reach the worshipful master chair someday? Is, are, you, are we telling our entered apprentices that? Is that it? Is that going to be your end goal? Fine, if that's what everyone agrees to. Or are we making a, a clear point uh, that the first degree is just the beginning of a life-changing set of actions where we become better people in order to shape a better society? Um, now, these are this is what uh, people like uh, Pike and Mackey and Manly P. Hall were expecting from Freemasonry themselves. This is why they wrote about it with such passion. Um, and, but sometimes I do think that we lose sight in, in Masonic lodges of, uh, of that higher aspiration. I think, we, I, I think sometimes it becomes a journey to the chairs more than a journey uh, into society to be better. I've seen it happen both ways. If the vision is, if that is the vision for the lodge and everyone's in harmony, so be it. Uh, but it doesn't have to just be that. It can be more things, like what Pike is uh, is talking about in Chapter 1 of Morals and Dogma. Okay, I think I've given us enough right now to ponder. I don't want to keep these podcasts too long, so I'm going to cut this now, just as it was getting good, I think, but you can tell me otherwise. <laughs> Don't uh, hesitate to direct message me. Let me know what you think. Uh, good or bad, please, if it's good, send it to. Don't just wait until you have a negative thought to, to contact me. It, that's uh, a constructive criticism is welcome, but uh, I do appreciate knowing this has helped some way too, okay? Uh, well, when we continue next time, though, uh, we're going to explore the tools of the entered apprentice. 
that helps to regulate ourselves and our direction as we begin uh, our Masonic journey. And uh, every uh, degree, just uh, about every degree has a tool. And we're going to talk, we're going to decipher these tools and we're going to talk about Pike's interpretations and usage of what those allegorical tools are. Not a bad book, though, huh? I mean, what do you think? Let me know. Uh, if this is boring you to tears, let me know. If you love it, let me know. I thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me. Please find me on Twitter at UFreemason, the letter U, Freemason. You can direct message me there, too. The website is universalfreemasonpodcast.blogspot.com. You can also email me, if you wish. Uh, it is uh, universalfreemason03 at gmail.com. I am your host, J.T. Asher. This has been the Universal Freemason Podcast. Go in peace, so mote it be. I will see you next time. Thank you very much for joining. Appreciate you very much.